today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. We welcome uh, John Iverson back, a court columnist with the National Post. John, thanks for hanging on. I appreciate that. No problem. I don't know. I was in full flight there, so I don't know. What... <laughs> <laughs> you, you were mentioning just uh, before we had to do a break here uh, about the process, and I want to talk a little bit about that because uh, this is uh, this is kind of an uphill climb for a latecomer into the race like uh, O'Toole is. Uh, as of this week now, they can't sell memberships anymore, which is the traditional way that you try to get a nomination, obviously. You sell more memberships than the other guys, make sure those guys all get there. But this, yep. is, this is a different process this year. Yeah, well, they've cut off uh, memberships as of yesterday. So, uh, you know, they've all, they were all uh, uh, flogging hard right up until the, 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 the 28th. Now they've got to try and lure people over from uh, who had signed, have been signed up by other camps. It's a kind of conversion phase of the campaign. Uh, you know, there's, you can sign up to support Bernie, but there's nothing to stop you shifting to somebody else. You're not committed until you actually uh, file your uh, your ballot paper. So, so that's where everybody will be at in the next two months, I guess. So, and this is where the, the horse trading really gets underway, then, isn't it? Because these, it's one thing for for Bernie to say, "Hey, I've sold so many memberships," uh, but even in the past situations, I know that uh, the uh, the uh, the convention in which Stefan Dion was elected back in '06 in Montreal, uh, those people were committed to delegates in the first ballot, and then after that, all hell broke loose. And of course, that's how Dion seemed to come up the middle. Yeah, is there something well, like that? Can that happen that early in in this race as well? Well, it, it's not a delegated convention like the the one in 2006. So it's it's from that point of view, if there are going to be any deals, for example, you know, if one candidate is going to say to another, well, you know, if I fall off the ballot first, I'm going to recommend to my supporters that they come to you. That all has to be done in advance um, because people will submit their ballot paper. It will have, it's got 10 choices. You can go from one to 10. There's 14 candidates. So the first round, I guess, five fall off. Um, I don't think many people will list 10 names. I think they'll probably only list two or three. But uh, yeah, I mean, once they've submitted their ballot, it will all go into a computer and, you know, the the answer will come out almost immediately. I guess they'll announce it um, round by round, but... um, you know, if you want to win over somebody's support, you've got to do it ahead of time. You can't do it on the convention floor because there is no convention floor. What is is there room for a middle of the road? And I, th- I think it's is it fair, John, to to categorize O'Toole as a middle of the road conservative? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he appeals to uh, to all sides of the party. The, you know, the, for example, he's just signed up Harold Albrecht as a, a conservative MP, social conservative MP from Waterloo. And he signed up Gerard Deltel, who's a, a star in Quebec, um, obviously very popular in the Quebec caucus. So, so he, he does have some trans-Canadian appeal. And, um, you know, politically, he's not hardcore one way or other. I mean, I think you could classify him as a fiscal conservative, but that's half the party. Yeah, not that. That's not going to be the concern. It's some of the other policies, especially when you when you look at some of the things that uh, the people like O'Leary and Bernier and, and Leach are are proposing. Uh, should they become the leader and eventually become the prime minister? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, he backs off a lot on moderate. that. Yeah, I mean, his policy is pretty moderate. He's a, he's a veteran. He was a former Air Force captain. Right. So, as you might expect, his his, his uh, policy platform is pretty defense heavy. He would bring it. He'd uh, take this. Defense spending to two percent of GDP, which essentially doubles it. A lot of, it would be a lot of money, but he would then spend that on new submarines, um, building the completing the base in uh, in the Arctic. So he would he would militarize the Arctic to some extent. Uh, but it, a lot of it is pretty much things that Harper proposed or didn't get around to doing. 
Um, you know, it's balanced budgets, it's lower taxes. Uh, the one policy that I thought was kind of interesting, he's got this thing called Kickstart, which is if you graduate from university or college, your basic tax exemption, which for all of us is 11000 11, he would make that 33000 for graduates so that they, to help them pay off uh, tuition fee debt. So he's kind of aiming at the millennial level. There's a, there's a policy on uh, extending the amortization of mortgages to 30 years, which would also appeal to millennials. So there is a, a little bit of a hint towards modernity, but pretty much this is... Uh, this is uh, Harper's Conservatives. That's really one of the challenges for the Conservatives. And I, I guess at that level for the NDP, is, who are also, of course, going through their leadership uh, race right now, they're in the early stages of it right now, is trying to attract those millennials that seem to flow in great numbers, of course, to, to Trudeau back in the last election. Uh, some, I guess, uh, are, are in the Conservative Party are looking for some way to try to bring them back into the fold. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I was talking about Joe Clark earlier, and Joe Clark won because people were fed up that Pierre Trudeau had not fulfilled some of the, his previous election promises. Um, you know, I think that's a danger for the Liberal Party, for, especially if, for example, uh, they didn't follow through on the on the uh, uh, legalization of pot. You know, I think that they've upset a lot of their left-wing vote with uh, what they've done in electoral reform, um, some of the promises that they've not followed through on elsewhere. If they didn't do pot, I think there would be a lot of... Uh, Voters looking for new homes, obviously a lot of those would go to the New Democrats. But I think the, the Conservatives are aware that if they're going to win an election anytime soon, they have to, to grow the party. And that and uh, the millennial vote is obviously where the, the new voters are going to come. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.